It's episode 96. We're on our way to 100. But you know, I bring you good shows each and every week, and I have a really great guest. She is an actor, writer, activist, producer. She's been around a long time, folks. Karina Westbrook is next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking into... I want something upbeat today to start with. It's Monday. Yeah. It's a good, it's a week. I just love this song. Shout out to Groove Theory. Yes. Also shout out to Amy LaRue, who is from this group who went solo and had some great stuff solo in the 90s. I did not know that. Love her. Oh my God, her album Brave Bird, Run, Don't Walk, to iTunes. And get it. It's really good. <laughs> Hi, welcome to... I was like, wait, I'll get the tape or whatever. I don't know what you do these days. You guys, welcome to Breaking Into. I'm James Lyle Jr. We're here on Black Hollywood Live. I am your host, and you know, I just love good music. As we do every week, open with something that I like. And she's just... Amy LaRue is a talented singer-songwriter. And uh, I have a great, I have a guest. Her IMDb credits are long. <laughs> it is a testament. She is the, she is, you are a definition of a working actor. Thank you. You are. I mean, it's, it's, people say if you stay, just stay in your lane and keep moving forward, um, you'll be the last one standing. And she might be the last one standing at some point. I would not be surprised. She's been <laughs> in a bunch of things that I like. I'm going to show you a couple of clips from her past. Um, but she's also in the new film, Suburban Con, which looks Hilarious and scary at the same time, but tackles some actual interesting themes that are relevant today, unfortunately. And she plays Daisy Myers, and I'm happy to have her. She looks so beautiful. If you're not watching this, you're listening to this on iTunes, go to YouTube and watch this to see what she looks like. Karima Westbrook. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I love your name, first of all. Thank you. See the right down, down. Thank you. She'll be here for she'll be here for a while. No, I mean, seriously, you have, you have a long IMD. I was like, wow, it's so great to see that, Thank that you've been doing a lot of work. So, okay, so what fuels you? What keeps you in this crazy, unpredictable, sometimes uncaring business? I know, I, I ask myself that same question. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know, I, I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun for me. And I write and I create as well, so that kind of keeps me not just focused on acting, although that's the reason why I moved out here, but the the opportunity to create my own opportunities is, you know, it keeps me going. It's not, me working isn't contingent on someone hiring me, so that makes it even more exciting and it, you know, I like that. Yeah. Because nowadays people are doing it for themselves. Sisters are doing it for themselves, like the song. Mm -hmm. You guys, you guys are. You're starting to, like you say, create your own creations. Yes. Absolutely. Because I remember the speech that Viola Davis did uh, when she won the Emmy a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. it was the first black woman to win. I mean, it's, it's still crazy talk. To win a Best Actress Emmy in a, in a drama. Yeah. And she said, you know, no one can win Emmys unless people are writing and creating the parts. Yes, absolutely. And we've seen a lot of changes as far as women, you know, taking more prominent roles on television and films. We have... Uh, Black women leading, women of color leads in films, directing television. So the landscape has changed a lot. So it's very exciting times, you know. Yeah. Before, you wouldn't, we didn't see a whole lot of that. So you didn't know it was very rare for a black woman to be a lead in a, in a series, you know. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Like um, black women can be funny or dramatic or yes, crazy. All, all of that. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so weird. You'll see. It. And it's funny because I've had um, on this show, I've had Nzinga Stewart, who's a director. Mm-hmm. And she used to be directing stuff on like Lifetime things. And people were like, oh, it's a black woman directing stuff on these other channels you don't think. Like, well, she's a director. Yeah. Just happens to be black. Right. She can direct a script. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, right. I mean, she right. should be able to. I mean, it's like, why is the color, why is it always added in there? Yeah. I mean, you know, everything about this country, a lot, a lot of things has been, a lot of things have been race driven. Mm. So unfortunately, we tend to look at that first yeah. before we look at anything else. But I'm happy that things are starting to shift. We got we got Ava, of course. Who, I just saw the new Wrinkle of Time. Oh, you did um, the uh, the trailer. The trailer, okay. And she's and it looks it looks beautiful. Yeah, it does. First of all, and again, I saw people some of the comments like, I know that you know she could do. It almost looks like James Cameron's work. So I'm like, okay, she's a director. She right. has a vision. Exactly. She has the same tools that they do. Exactly. Why are we why are we amazed that a woman could actually? direct a fantasy film. Exactly. And this is only the beginning. Right. So I'm very excited to see what's to come. I'm very excited. And now she has, she has, uh, she's all, you've done some writing, producing some shorts, Best Mm -hmm. Kept Secret, Mm -hmm. A Fire and 
Dove Cop? A Dove Cop, yeah. Dove Cop. I produced that. I didn't write it. You produced it? Mm-hmm. Watson Volts. Watson Volts. Producer. Uh, producer. And not, I want to ask you about producing in a second, too, I like producing. Uh, and Pastor Stewart? Produced. Producer. Mm-hmm. I like seeing women in charge. Good. Yeah. That's I, good. Because producing is a whole other hat, too. It is. You're I, in charge. I, I enjoy it very much. It stimulates a different part of my brain. Mm-hmm. I like sure. putting things together. I like puzzles. Yeah. Were you always like? Were you always like that? Did you like when you were you a person who liked to see the big picture of things and figure it all out? Yes, yeah. I was that kid where my parents would buy, like, bring home like a radio or yeah. a television. I'm like, oh, can I put it together? <laughs> I would like to find the plugs that go, you know, to different yeah. parts. I like to put things together. Wow. Yeah, I've always been like that. See, there's a correlation to that. You should come to my house on Christmas Eve, <laughs> put together all the toys for the kids, and I just sit back and relax. I I'm... totally do it for a small fee. <laughs> Good girl. She's like, she's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't know, but I always feel like there is some correlation. To that. I like producing, too, but I've always been a big, big picture person. Mm-hmm. Like gathering people together and creating something. Yes. And that's producing. I mean, yes. That's basically what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I love the the environment creating. It feels like a family, you know, and it's teamwork and then you see the finished product. is is feels very rewarding, you know. It's like you had a hand in it. And it's like this is something that you had. It was your baby. You birthed something. Yeah. Whether you write it or produce it. Well, even if you act it too, you're birthing something. But I feel like writing and producing or directing this, you really are birthing. You are. A concept to completion. Yeah. Which is something you just go, wow! I completed that. I'm like, that's like, wow! I do, you know, I did that. Anybody can do it, folks. Anybody. Anybody could do it. Seriously, you can do anything you put your mind to. That's true. And and nowadays, um, you came at the right time. We all came at the right time because I mean, mm-hmm. with people are doing movies on their phones. Exactly. They're getting the law friends who are actors are getting getting their friends together and producing projects, TV series and web series, Absolutely. podcasts. Absolutely. And there's yeah. so many different avenues now where people could create something and license it netflix online youtube everyone has um, an outlet for for creators so it's, it's very exciting because when so when did you realize that you should start creating because you said you came out here to be an actress you came she's from chicago folks we love chicago Chi-town. Chi-town. <laughs> um but when, when did you realize while you were out here because you you've been on a bunch of shows and things did you realize i should start creating stuff and start writing stuff well Initially, it was really me having wanting to say something. It, that's what was the birth of it because I was working, but I had something that I wanted to say. I, I learned about a story that I was very inspired by, uh, Best Kept Secret. I used to be a part of this book club, and um, the author, J.L. King, he wrote a book. I think it was called On the Down Low or something like that. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was a discussion um, that was like, that could be the, the next book that we could read, and most of the women didn't want to read it. You know, like, I don't want to know. I'll, yeah, no. well, it was it was interesting because people, women didn't were like they didn't want to know, they didn't want to just even open themselves up wow. to having that conversation. Wow. And so, you know, we had the conversation. What would you do if you found out your man was on the down low? And I heard a bunch of different things, and I I decided to write a story about a situation where you know, an unlikely guy. You know, when you look at him, you wouldn't think that he preferred men or slept mm-hmm. with men. And they were best friends. And how would you really handle that if it's, yeah. your, if it's your best friend, yeah. someone that you're married to? You know, most women are like, I'll kill him and, you know, all these things. Yeah. But you don't really know until you're no. you're um, in that situation. And so I wanted to explore that as well when I was finding out the number of women that were infected with HIV. Oh, yeah by sleeping with their husbands, unexpecting that they were sleeping around, you know, unprotected, you know, this virus was, the percentage was pretty high yeah. when I created the the short. So I wanted to speak to those things. And so it kind of came out of me wanting to say something. And, um, yeah, and I just wow. did it. I remember, I remember that book. That book was big. Yeah, it was. I remember he was on Oprah. Yeah, and Oprah. He, had, he had, like, kids. <laughs> yes. So it was, yes. um, it was heartbreaking. It is. And it was big. And it's, and it's something that back then, especially, you're right, because we're talking, we're talking 2006. We're talking, like, 10, yeah. 11 years ago. Yeah. Which doesn't seem like a long time ago, but things were different back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it was a different. secret. It was a secret. Yeah. It was very different. Also, the, the fact, ten, even 10, 11 years ago, we didn't have all this. We didn't have YouTube. No. no social media, iPhones. Mm-hmm. So the way you got you got yours done, I'm, I'm sure it's way different now than it was before getting projects done. I mean, yeah. it was like oh, yeah. probably harder. Oh, it was harder. I had to raise money. I had a fundraiser. I um, And we shot on, we didn't shoot on film, okay. but we went through, I think, Kodak or something like that. Oh, wow. We It was like a different channel. So we didn't really have 
what did we shoot on? We shot on the we shot on a Sony. It was just different, you know. Okay. We had to do telescending, color correcting, Johnny, honey, yeah. and all of that. Oh. And that sounds like my mama. Yes, I'm like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> 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 it's as live tell as you guys. Live. But, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. We we get to that in a second. But yes, that's it. <laughs> It's funny. These headphones are sliding off my okay. ears. She has, okay, folks who are not watching, she has a beautiful head of hair. Okay. And we're trying to figure this out. We don't mess with her head of hair. And I, still, she, and I still want to look cute. Ex- so exactly. Oh, exactly. Still, exactly. But you know, I may just have to just just take one for the team. Let's see. That worked. I think I'm, still, I'm still all right. How, yeah. how am I doing, guys? I'm still okay? Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's <laughs> okay. fine. It's good. It's all That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, but no, so yes, yeah, so you had to film it in a different kind of way, and you had to fundraise. I mean, it's a whole different thing mm-hmm. than nowadays, where you just do a go, go fund me or whatever. Like, now, yeah. it was, there, was, there was no way. You had to actually rent a space, probably. I did. I rented a space at an art gallery. I oh, had yeah. people perform. I have uh, business proposals for people to take with them. Wow. Yeah, I was really into it. Oh, I, I had a big crew. It was great. It was a great wow. experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about some of those things. We'll just go right into the. She was on one of my favorite shows on television. And again, this, this show was a groundbreaking show because it literally was the female black sex in the city, so to speak, but much more. Yeah. To me, they always compare it to like, that's an easy comparison, but they were much more than that. They really showed how black folks talk to each other, yeah. how we live, three kinds of black people. And she was a, had a reoccurring role on there. And let's just go ahead and show some of that. County, honey, we're here. <laughs> Mom, I'm trying to sleep. Love her. No, it's not uh, just me. Put, honey, put all the talent in this room. Come on, get up. You've yeah. got Nicole Brown, oh God, Jennifer yeah. Lewis. I mean, yeah. just yeah. all you guys. Oh, yeah. That's great. Hey, Sherry. Hey. <laughs> there sure is a lot of white to clean. <laughs> Speaking of white, Antoinette Marie Childs, why didn't you tell We've me your fiancé was a Jewish oh God, boy? Yes. She drops an orange. Yeah. How'd you find out? I Googled him on my PC. <laughs> and I surely ain't racist. I'm a God-fearing oh, Christian woman. Mommy, you are racist. When I was dating Hassan, you ran him off just because he was a Muslim. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with pork? <laughs> <laughs> we raise pork. You can eat pork. Those pigs put shoes on y'all feet. <laughs> I got two daughters. That, I that was a very serious part of the episode. That yeah. one. Mommy, don't worry about them. That's just how they are. Isaac Hayes. Right I know. I mean, every, I mean, everybody is just like this. So the talent in that room. He's really just, you were always Sarah, great. You this. I'll be in the truck. Come on, punk. Melanie, I'm sorry you had to see your mama like this. Joan may think she's your sister, but we're your real sisters. Just let Joan walk down the aisle and what she has on. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right, Melanie. So why don't we all just wear whatever we want and have a big old tacky ass wedding? How about that? So I had to stop. I mean, just I mean, okay, because I remember you on the show. Okay, so case was funny. Um, what I want to ask is again, it's a show was probably all black. Was a black crew also and black writers. And when you came on, was that a very interesting experience for you? Yeah, I was just I was very excited to um, work on the show. Just overall, yeah, and it was all black. And I mean, same with Moesha. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they would pray. It just really felt like a family environment. And so I liked that a lot. Yeah, you know, it was so they, they and you, well, you see more of your own. You know, you're with your own, so to speak. Yeah, with my own, and they're doing very well. Yes, you know, and so that was very inspiring to see, and you know, good energy on the set, and just it was it was great. What's it like to work with uh, Jill Marie Jones? Jill Marie Jones, it was cool. I had met Jill over the years, like prior to okay. working on the um, on the show. We were with the same modeling agency years ago when oh, I first moved. Oh, funny. When okay. I moved here. Yeah. So it was like, oh, hey, but, you know, when I, when I got hired on the, on the And on the Isaac show. Hayes. Isaac Hayes was great. He used to drop knowledge, you know, I'm every sure day. Yeah, it was it was really nice. We actually kept in contact after the show. I met with him and his wife one time for lunch, okay. and so... That was that was very sad to hear that he passed yeah, away. Yeah. yeah, and of course the wonderful Jennifer Lewis. 
She's We've had great. here. She, I remember seeing her and just like staring at her. She drops yeah. so much. It's like, well, everything she says is just like it's the truth. It's like it's truth. Yeah, yeah. She she was dropping knowledge back then too. I had a chance to see her went on the set of a Blackish one time. Oh god, just kind of hanging. Oh, you out. saw Tracy Ellis on it. Oh, it's yeah, so funny. Yeah, and so I saw her and Lawrence. I was just watching them. Like they're just so great, they you are. know. Yeah, oh and it's just it's. You have to work with them. Now, we're going to talk, we, we bring up Moesha. We're going to show a little clip from Moesha also. Oh. That's what makes me laugh. Oh, these are throwbacks today. Okay, exactly, girl. I like your new best friend. Um, th- th- thank you, Shania. Shania from upstairs? What are you doing in my man's bedroom? I just came to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong answer. <laughs> Maybe I should explain. Or, or maybe I should go. Or maybe I... I don't know what to do. <laughs> just, just leave fast. Yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> hey, look at this. A double dip. Hi, we're your neighbors from upstairs. Well, I'm Jerome, your tour guide. So welcome to Pleasure Island. Well... This is Jasmine, and I'm Shia Levy. I don't know why I just said my last name. <laughs> well, uh, you can call me Romy Love. Um, I'm Moesha, and this is Nisi Jackson. <laughs> I don't know why she just said my last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi, Jerome. I love we it. saw you move into the building, so, so when you see we brought stuff, you some gifts you, to welcome you. Just makes you laugh, too, like just smile. Yeah, yeah it brings this back a lot of memories. And this is turquoise. They clear the air of bad vibes. Mm, well, thank you, Miss Jasmine. This is like a uh, spiritual <laughs> air freshener. <laughs> oh, how cosmic of you. Yeah, Jasmine's very talented. She also reads palms and tells fortunes. Oh, really? Well, look, uh, could you read my palm? <laughs> <clears throat> You'll be going on a long trip. Really? Girl, where am I going? <laughs> where do you live? Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you two together? No, it's just a little sex thing. Oh. <laughs> hey, Akeem, man. I want you to meet Jasmine and my new girlfriend. They're our new single neighbors from upstairs. Oh, hey, nice to meet y'all. Yeah, man, see, now they brought us some rocks, right? So as soon as Moesha and Nisi get them out of here, we can get better acquainted. Better acquainted? <laughs> <laughs> a little some more, Nisi. You All right, fine. We have something to do anyway, yeah. all right? Bye. 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 Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> I love Aww. it. So when you, so you see that, I mean, what, so what are some things that come to mind when you see when you look at that? It just warms my I, it warms my heart because I remember watching that show when I lived in Chicago before I had moved out here, and I remember writing the casting director. When I lived in Chicago, oh. Shimon Bernard, and I was like, I really want to be on the show. I really want to be on the show. So to finally move to LA and then actually work on the show was like a dream come true. Wow. So I, I feel that, and then I also I see Lamont Bentley, and I'm like, oh, rest in peace, yeah, you know, because yeah. he he passed away as well. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, oh, dang, Isaac Hayes, and then Lamont, uh, yes, like everything I'm in, somebody <laughs> passed away. Like what the hell? <laughs> it, just, it just means you've been around a while, right, and right, right, that's yeah. what happens. Okay. But, but no, but it's 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 funny because I, I look at that. And I think another show that was kind of groundbreaking, also. Yes. And Brandy, of course. I mean, how was it working with Brandy? Oh, it was. Oh, she was great. She was great. She was very sweet. She was very progressive. You know, she. I don't think she was eating meat back then. She was having conversations like, you know, you take on the spirit of the animal when you eat it. I mean, it was like those type of conversations, wow. and I had never heard that before. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god, she's so. Righteous. Yes. She's, so, <laughs> she's so great. You but know? she was somebody that, you know, was this, back then it wasn't that common yet where a singer, you had two careers. Yes. Singer and that, I mean, usually it was one or the other. Yes. You know, and not at the same time either. It was like, it was kind of, mm-hmm. she had a very, her own character. I mean, it was. She did. And it, she was good at it. She was good. And, you know, as a young black woman, we didn't really have a whole lot of representation on television. Yeah. So to see her. You know, how they developed the character with her becoming an adult, having her own place. You know, it was very relatable and inspiring. Right. Shirley Ralph and all of them were on that show. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's funny because when you you say things like that, I I am transported back 
to the 90s and early 2000s. And you're right, there wasn't a lot of female, black, I mean, not alone any color, but even black, like, leads on sitcoms yeah. and things. Not I mean, that young. You know, I mean, we had, yeah. like, Living Single. They were right. older. Right. But Brandy, no, not not that age. We had the Parkers a little later. Well, later. We, had, we had Sister Sister on some level. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's I've right. got that. But still, we were talking about so rare. So we had them. Yeah. We had them. And then we also had, um, you know, Parkers came after them. I'm like, oh, there's one more. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Steve Harvey show. Yes, yeah, so that was yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. Was a few. Yeah. But, but we're naming we're naming. A, there's only a few. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That I mean of that because you're saying younger. I was like, you're like, what else? Who else was younger? I guess Raven was younger too on some level. Yeah, I guess but she was. Yeah, she was really young. She was really young. Yeah. So that of that you were right of that kind of coming of age group. There mm-hmm. wasn't. No. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. That we that we how far we've come with the representation we have on TV now. Absolutely. Dang. But you were in all. You were in all of it. Yeah, I was there from the beginning. One of the things you talk, <laughs> one of the things you talk about, um, I see on Twitter and stuff, is mm-hmm. is about race. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to Suburbicon in a second because you actually play somebody who was real life. We're going to talk about that. And, but what nowadays we've had the whole NFL stuff, which got you know race. Yes. Trump race. Yes. Um, I mean, right. Well, right now we're dealing with all the men stuff too. Uh, not so much race, but it's just a lot of male stuff. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, so what are some of your thoughts on just what's going on these days? I mean, as a black woman, I'm trying to navigate just the world and Hollywood. Um, well, which part? Let's start, start, let's start with the, let's start know, with like, the, which part are we going to okay, start with that? Let's start, let's start with the race part. Let's start with the race part. Well, it's, 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 you know, it's very disheartening that, you know, we're still having the same conversation. We're still experiencing very similar things that we experienced years ago. Um, so it makes me very angry. I'm not really for sure what to to do at this point. I, I do feel like if people come from a place of love, like people like, oh, you can't eradicate it. I've, I've had different thoughts over the years. Like, oh, I feel like racism is a spirit, you know, and it's it's almost like something that will always be, you know, um, something that is passed down through generations. And so as someone's great-great-grandparent were uh, a racist, then... That's just been something that's taught. It's a pattern. It's a thought process. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I started to feel like, well, I know that love is the most powerful life force. And if you're coming from a place of love, if you're operating in that space, you, there's no room for hatred. You know, you won't even think the same way. Um, but just to experience it and to see that it's still happening is very disheartening. Because you know? I feel, you just said something that I totally agree, that I kind of feel... We can eradicate it. I feel like we we almost lazily just accept it. And I feel, in my opinion, I feel slavery isn't off our brain still. Because mm-hmm. it is a spirit of some level. We kind of were taught this that it'll never go away. It'll always just be there. But we had a black president, which like shocked me. I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. Right. Never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. So that told me, no, things, there are winds of change. And we shouldn't just lazily sit back and just go, well, it'll never, it'll never change. Just accept it. No, we probably can yeah, we can. I feel like a lot of it starts at home, you know, mm-hmm. with the parents. And I have to believe that there are some people who don't want to see things change, you right. know. Um, but everyone could play a part in planting seeds in kids, you know, because it starts with our youth. Um, because they're going to pass along whatever it is that they learn. So if we could, whether you're a teacher or if you're just, you know, just having um, a situation with a child, I think that... If we can show them something different, we can plant seeds of love. You know, we all have the ability to be a teacher, be a vessel on some level. So, but ultimately it starts at home. But if they're not getting it at home, everyone could, you know, play a part in trying to create change in the best way that they can by your, uh, the opportunities that you get with other people that are opposite of you. Now, you do a lot of work with youth. I do. Yeah, well, I used to. I haven't, not really in the last year or so, but yeah, I used to. So then you know all about the whole start with the youth. It starts with the youth, right? It does. It does. Yeah. It is. Do you think it's, it's, uh, is there any too early a time to start or no? Do you think it's, I mean, two, three years old? Just like, man, sure things are age appropriate, but I mean, do you feel like there's no way to just start whenever? Teaching them love and acceptance? Yeah, I think, you you know, you put them in situations where... they begin to just live and you know if you if i have a if my son if i put my son in a room with a bunch of white kids 
you know, just let them live. Not really. If those questions come up, then have the conversation versus planting seeds before they, they even have the opportunity to experience just life with someone that's opposite of his race. So I think that, you know, just let kids be kids because they don't, that's racism and hate and all that, that's taught. So I feel like as a as a parent, you just be mindful of what you say and what you're doing because kids are like sponges. Oh, they hear everything. Because even if, even I can be like, oh, I you know, I it's very disheartening to be you know uh, with racism, but at the same time I can be like that cracker. You know, I can be having certain right, no conversations. Rights, right, no rights. And your kid is watching they that, hear it. you know, they hear and so it. they're taking on those things. So you got to be mindful of how you live around your children as well. True. But I think you know, just let them live with other races and. Have the conversations. I think certain conversations are age appropriate. You know, at two, at three, they're not gonna <laughs> know yeah. anything. Yeah. But maybe when they they're in school and the kids begin to reflect or have conversations with them, then it's time to have those conversations to you know um, to speak the truth and to tell them what it really is. Because it's funny for me, because I'm a little older, I, um, I I mean, I was born out of the civil rights movement, and mm-hmm. I went to school when desegregation was happening, mm. and the busing, and all that whole thing. So, uh, I, but I remember coming home, and my parents, back then, there was no, <laughs> there was no Oprah, Dr. Filler, they were just like, you black, and that's why they don't like you. I mean, there was no, there was yeah. no real dialogue. Luckily, I, I come from a multicultural family anyway, but luckily I kind of, Discern. I was going to be just like white folks are the devil. I, I was taught that on some level. Yeah. Because back then, that's how that's all. That was the only language they used. Yeah. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's a different language than that. Um, but I remember, but I have grandkids who go to school with kids who have two mommies, two daddies, mixed race, and they don't seem to even flinch. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, the times have changed too because back then, when you were growing up with your parents, there was n- that's. I mean, it was everywhere. You know, there was more people that were racist, like openly, yes. than than not. Yes. So they could have the conversation. Oh, don't you know? Don't look at color. <laughs> but when you as soon as you walk out yes. the door, yeah. you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> everything was uh, opposing those yes. thoughts. So yes. I think now, you know, you have like for for example, if we if you have people protesting, you know, it's just not just black people protesting. You you look out in the crowd and you see all different nationalities yes. there. So yes. there's more unity than it was before. So sure. you can have those conversations and you know, your son or daughter can walk outside and, and be in the world, live in the world and and feel united with people outside of their, their race. As in before it was kinda like Yeah. You didn't really have that, you know? We, we, that's very true. We didn't. And, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I was watching a documentary on the Jeffersons, of, of all things, mm-hmm. um, how that changed television and language. Because George Jefferson was an affluent black man who was proud to be black. Yes. He didn't conform to any other way. He was like, I'm black. And I'm going to wield my power as a black man. And he was, and you know, and plus the fact they made him short was kind of funny. It was yeah. like he had, he was tall. Like yes. He was a tall black man yes. in his own mind. Yes. Now it's the first kind of starts. We saw a few things on TV reflect mm-hmm. kind of the change. Absolutely. To where we are today. That we can have an empire or things like that that are out there where we can see strong black men yeah. running things. Yes. Uh, you know, um, what do you feel about Gabrielle Union's book? She put out a book and she recently mentioned talking to her sons about dating other women, other girls. I guess, well, I guess women almost, almost grown. Mm-hmm. I go back and forth. I was like, well, I, I see where she's coming from. As a black man, I completely get where she's coming from. But I know she's got some criticism. I'm just kind of wondering what, it, what were some of the things, some of the thoughts you had about that. She had a conversation with her sons about the, dating women outside the race? Yes, it was, it's in her book. She's very, you know, because Gab- <laughs> Gabrielle's very honest about everything. She talks about everything. That's why I love her. Yeah. She's always very honest. Yeah, she's very raw. And you're very raw. And yeah. so some folks, Got a little upset about that, but a lot of blacks were like, well, I kind of get what she's saying in a way, just to be careful about dating women of other races. Wow, she said, be careful. Wow. Um, what do I think about that? I don't know. That's that's interesting. I, You know, I don't know what she feels yeah. that they may need to be careful right. of. You know, it depends on where she was coming from. Yes. You know, right. so... Yeah, that's what I feel about that. And also, when you say we talk to black boys, like, do this, be careful. It's like, well... Do you do that? And does it does that instill more fear? Yeah. Or is it being helpful? It's a weird. It's America solved the world today, obviously between me and her today. But I always feel like it's a conversation that's really interesting because it's not black or white. 
um, I, depends I, on context. Yeah, I feel like for your for your boys, you want to um, tell them to be mindful with any woman, really. I mean, certain traits. But I think now, although I'm I'm pro black, you know, and I love black men, I, I do see that people are loving who they love, you know, mm-hmm. and it could be on either side. It could be you know whatever nationality. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm definitely pro keeping that, that bloodline yeah. strong, but you know, people are, love who you love. Yeah, they're, they're loving who they love right. these days. Yeah. And you know, what could I say about that? How could I warn them, you know, of what am I, I don't know what I would be warning, warning them of because, mm. you know, I could have my thoughts of where she may have been coming from. But who but knows? I, yeah. You know, who knows? Right. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be because I feel like it's one of those conversations that isn't so cut and dry. Yeah. Because we're black, so we know where people are coming from when they bring that up. Yeah. Because the history of it. Yeah. But then also we're trying to affect change now, so then how do you, do you still, is that, is that the same conversation you still be having, or should it be a different conversation? Has the conversation evolved any? I mean, it's it's one of those weird. Just one of those. Yeah, we're on Black Hollywood Live. We talk this stuff all the time. It's just kind of like. Yeah, it depends on it depends yeah. on what you're teaching, you know, because yeah. everybody's still you know teaching that's instilling certain things in their their kids. So it depends on what you how you want them to live. How do you how do you want them to their perspective to be? You know, walking in the world. Do you want them to, you know, always have caution against you know white people based off of your experiences, or do you want them to? Look at things in the world a little differently. It just it just depends, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. Everyone's reality is different. Very true. And not all people, black people are the same. So we don't have, we don't have the same monolithic experience. We're all very different. Everybody's from different different. The South's different from New York. New York's yeah. different from Chicago. And mm-hmm. LA, it's different. It's very different everywhere. Yeah. And depends. Some people are from the Caribbean. It's different than the Caribbean. Exactly. Base. If you come from Africa, I mean, it's all it's all very different. Mm-hmm. Which I love. I love black people. I love us. Oh my God! Look, we're the best. We're, we're all we're, we're sort of talented. We start we start things and finish. I mean, we, we, no, seriously, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad to be on this network because I'm able to actually. Yeah. This is I do a lot of things and like you do a lot of things too, but I, I like to be on here because I get to be black sometimes yeah. and without yeah. without apology. Without apologizing, exactly. Yeah. I feel like we're always having to apologize for being proud of being black. Yeah. Well, I don't want to apologize. Exactly. I mean, we know we're more than that. Obviously, exactly. we know we know that. Yeah, I know you know that. You're more than that. Obviously. Yeah. 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 But then why deny it also? Well, I, I think that... Or downplay it. Well, I think because it's the system in place, I feel like, you know, it's almost like it's subconscious in a way. You know, it, we just... It hasn't been very long since we've gotten out of slavery. So it's like that's true. there is... Um, there are certain impressions. There are certain things that's handed down. So I feel like people are finding... We're finding more freedom as we move along there's been a lot of psychological effects of yep. slavery mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. of segregation and so you know we're we're getting i'm very excited to see what what's yeah. happening you know amongst black people but there there's still a lot of healing and a lot of psychological uh impressions to get past to believe and understand how powerful you are how the spirit that lives inside of you, how how powerful it is and how great you really are just because, you know. But the images, you know, the media is such a powerful medium. And, and I'm happy, too, that they're, we're creating a lot, of more con- a lot more content that shows us in a different light. Yes. Because it's kind of like, it's like being a product of your environment. If you only see one thing, so if, we, if we're constantly seeing content where we're, you know, gang bangers, drug dealers, you know, murderers, you don't see any positive images, that's not feeding your spirit. So all of that stuff, reading, watching TV, watching movies, all that's food. Music, yes. Yes. that's food. Yes. So it's like garbage in, garbage out, right? Yep. So it's kind of like when we start seeing, it's like when Obama was in office, that was inspiring, you know, to a lot of people. That That was a shift in the spirit. As far as people believing what's possible. So I feel like a lot of black people are seeing that more and more. I'm loving that technology is where it's at right now because it's giving people the opportunity to create and do things and be innovative and inventing things. And, you know, without having to ask anyone's help, you know, really showcasing how talented we are. 
And that's to be celebrated because yes. we, you know, the the history where we've come from has been a very, very dark place. Mm-hmm. And to be where we're at today is something to be to celebrate. I mean, I feel like there's a there's different levels of it, and I feel like in certain communities there's a, a lot more healing that needs to to take place. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I feel like there has been a lot of growth within you know I with agree. black people, I and I feel like we, we're just going to keep on moving. We're going to keep on growing. We're going to keep on get into that place of where we originated, you know, kings and queens and and knowing it and not apologizing for it. Yes. So I feel like there's enough out there right now to reflect something different to us that's empowering us, which is I'm very happy to see. You said it perfectly. Tracy Ellis when she won the Golden Globe last year. Mm-hmm. I loved her speech. Yes. And one part of her speech that always takes me she goes, I'm glad I loved in the show Blackish because it's showing the sameness. It's like it's because it's funny because it's it's something different that we don't see on TV yeah. as much for Black people, but also how same we are in so many ways. Yeah. You almost like insert race here. When you're a parent, it's the same problem across the board. Yeah. When your daughter talks back to you, race has nothing to do with your right. daughter talking back to you. Right. It's your daughter talking back to you. Right. You got to handle it as an adult. Yeah. Parents. Yeah. When a baby cries, a baby's crying. And then you, no race comes into it or sexual orientation. It's the baby's crying. How do we stop the baby from crying? Right. Like it's. I love when she said the same. We're showing the sameness. I was like, yes. Yeah. Because for so long we were separated. We were treated as being other and misunderstood. You know, which caused there's a psychological effect to that. So I, I appreciate that as well because yeah. we are no different. And once. We recognize that we are no different. Then the sky is the limit. I was happy for like movies like Moonlight last year. I was very happy mm-hmm. how successful that became. Yeah, not just like an art house movie, but like it got successful. Yeah, or Hidden Figures, things like that. They're, they're mm-hmm. actually we're showing that we do we contribute to society too. We're part of culture, and they actually can sell at the theater. Yes. And, yeah, people and people want to see that. People, they want to see it. We want to know our history. Right. I mean, so much of our history has been stripped away. You know, mm-hmm. what you know about black people in in school is slavery. That's that's where it starts for us. So it's kind of like those images, that understanding of who we are, is very um, is minimum and is is not very good. You yeah. know, it's very right. inferior. It's very inferior. Yes. So yes. when you see people, you see movies like Hidden Figures, and you see people operating. At this place yes. where they're actually causing change and making yes. some great things happen, it's very inspiring. Yes, you know, it is. It is. Now you're in this film. We're gonna show. I'm gonna show the trailer first because this this film is just crazy. Don't blink, or you're not gonna see me. I, if you, I, if I, you blink, you won't see me. I saw you though. You're in a quick trailer, but I want to show the trailer because we're gonna talk about this actually in depth. We're talking about racing. We're gonna talk about this in yes. depth. Let's show the trailer. Sorry to hear about your loss. Thanks, Roger. I'm so sorry, Mr. Lodge. Thanks, Linda. So sorry to hear about your loss. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay, Ed. <laughs> right now, your path looks pretty bleak. Your mom's dead. Nikki, we've decided it'd be best if your auntie came and stayed for a while. <sighs> all the stars in this film. Oh, yeah. Tell them I'm not in. Hate to go over old ground, but explain what happened when I had the breaker. Nikki, there are men in the house. They're gonna take what they want and leave. That's what you think. This is a terrible, terrible tragedy. So Rory, I'm Bud Cooper, insurance claims investigator. I'm here to discuss your sister's policy. Welcome to Suburbicon, a town of wonder. That's me. I know. 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 I
in the caliber of talent. <laughs> so I mean it's out now but it's just yeah. it's it's very interesting film and you play Daisy Meyer and mm-hmm. it's based on a true, a true person right yes Daisy and William Myers it's based off of their story when they moved to Levittown Pennsylvania in yeah. 1957 wow so first of all was it like playing a real life person versus a created character it was very exciting okay. because I felt like I had something to um to learn about like the actual person and I wanted to remain true to who she was and so that was very exciting and especially to know that she was known as like the Rosa Parks of the the North North. yes you know I was like you know it just became even more exciting because initially I didn't know it was based off of a a real person me neither I had no idea either yeah and so yeah and then when I um, when I met with George and I learned more about the, the the movie uh, and I found that she wrote a book too called Sticks and Stones, the Myers family in Levittown. So I read her book. Oh, wow. And so that just, a, a big part for me as an actor, I love the, re- the researching. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was very exciting. But were you worried at all that you wouldn't? I mean, because you, 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 you were very, you want to be careful with taking over the character, right? You make sure you got her, yes. the essence of her at least, yes. correct. Yes. Was there any worries about that at all? Did Initially, yeah. yeah, because I felt like, you know, as an actor with bringing bringing the character to to life and understanding who she was there were still moments where for me I felt like you know I would do certain things but I had to you know honor you know who she who she was yeah and so yeah I did that and it was great after the family her kids they came to the screening in Toronto oh, wow. yeah and they came to um, the premiere here in LA and they were very happy, you know. Oh, the, good. the grandson said, "Oh, you remind me of my grandmother," and Aww. so it was very, yeah, it was very heartwarming. And Aww. so I, I was very happy about that because I knew that she was a, you know, a God fearing woman. You know, they just prayed, and you know, their hearts they were so beautiful. Even after all of that that they went through, it didn't harden their hearts. They stayed there wow. years after, you know, and they went through a lot. Like the movie kind of touches on their experience there. You know, I feel like, you know, George was really trying to showcase the times because it, you know, took place in in 1959. And he was really trying to showcase, you know, the same with Levittown. This was like this planned suburb, Uh, Pennsylvania. And so Suburbicon is like this planned suburb in in the 50s. And this was just another thing that was happening in the neighborhood outside of the lodges who were our neighbors um, in this film. But... um, yeah, it was it was good. I, I I really wish more people would go out and see it. Everyone that I know that's seen it, they they really and really really like it because there's a lot of twists and yeah. and turns in the yeah. film. So I saw I saw a couple of those pictures from one of the premieres, and you have a beautiful dress on that I want to show. Thank you, that OTT like, Dubai. There we go. See, I love it. <laughs> I mean, beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, uh, Jason uh, Griffin. My uh, stylist for this, he he really oh, did Jason. a great job. Yeah, did a great job. and the hair looks good too. I yeah. love it. <laughs> Thank I you. I love it. I did. It looks good. Thank you. You know, us brown folks can wear anything. Yeah, just about. That's why I love it. We can wear it in just about. But it was really beautiful. Um, what was George like as director for you? George was great as a director. He was a very kind, very kind person. Um, very kind. If I can describe him wow. anyway, I felt like he had a big heart. I knew that he was very passionate about the project. And he let us. He trusts his actors. We I mean, we had a conversation about the characters and the role, but he was great. He's an, definitely an actor's director. Saying, yeah. yeah, because he's an actor. He, he's an actor. That so, so, must that must help though. He's oh. actually knows what your process you're going through. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. He would be able to, you know, if the set needed to be quiet, he would. He's just very intuitive in that way, as far as knowing what his actors need. So yeah, it was great. Was there any scene in the film that was really hard to film? I think overall, you know, um, someone asked me that before, and I really, when I was thinking about it afterwards, I said, actually, the whole situation. <laughs> was difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. because to know that they actually experienced Ooh, this yeah. was 
you know, again, very disheartening. And they have four children. In the film, I only have a son. Okay. But in real life, she had four kids, just had a newborn. And so, you know, and, and in real life, you had people running into the house. So in the film, you know, we didn't see all of that. Yeah. But it got, it got really crazy. And the law enforcement weren't there to protect them. So... They went through a lot. So you know, people don't, I mean, for you I heard younger, don't realize this, these are stories like the Lovings, you guys. I mean, these are stories back in the 50s and 60s where it was not, you think today's bad. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it's not bad today in some ways, but it's it was so much, just the system was set up differently back then. Yeah. And in the movie, Suburbicon, there's, you know, uh, he, there's footage where the lodge is someone maybe watching TV, and you you hear this commentary where people say, "Oh, we we thought this was an all white community. You know, we wouldn't have moved here if black people were going to be here." That's actual real footage. So all the footage that we see where the you know the lodges or anyone is watching yeah. television, and there's someone speaking about this black family moving into the community, that's real footage that they use that was actually taped in the time that was from the news back in the 1950s. And so it was blatant, you know, it was no shame in our game. Like, I moved here and I didn't expect black people to move here. I moved here because it was all white. And, you know, I don't want my kids to, you know, grow up and feel like they need to be with niggers. You know, and and this was on the news. This was like regular general conversation. So I don't know if people knew that that's, you know, watching the film, they probably felt like, oh, that was part of writing. No, that was actually real footage. Oh, my God. So you just even go around and get to see that. that's, That's amazing, too. And sad. It's amazingly sad. Mm-hmm. At the same time, for our history, people just had no shame. No shame. About their hatred. Or their discomfort. Or their feelings about people that are not the same as them. You have to ask yourself, like, why? You know, you just, you wonder why. Like, where does right. it stem from? You right. know, you know why? Because we're all one at the end of the day. Yeah, it's like, it's like I mean, is, I mean is, there, is, is there a threatening factor to it? Do they feel threatened? Or is it, I mean, I know it's all, people say it's all privilege. I get that part on some level. But I mean, that's being deeper than that. It could be a guilt, you know, based off of our history yeah. of, you know, black people being brought over to this country. Yeah. There could be a, a lot of guilt. That, you know, I don't really know, but I just feel like it's unwarranted. You know, and at the end of the day, we're all one. So it's kind of like as being spiritual beings, we're yeah. the human race. You know, at the end of the day, we all bleed. But you said something that just now just made me think. Uh, there are people who, in no no matter what race, who don't like the mirror held up to them to look at something that they've done. I'm thinking almost something similar and just the race itself, the mirror, we're reminding them what they did. Potentially. Right and maybe and then no one will see that or talk about that. I'm like, we want to bury that. You know, that happened a long time ago. You guys stay over there. We gave you a spot. Why are you trying to come over here? Stay over on that side. Yeah, and this is some of the things that I heard about Suburbicon too. Why it made people very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because although there is a fiction aspect of it, yes. there's a nonfiction aspect right. of it that is very dark. You know, and you know, people like, oh, it's Corn Brothers. You know, we're gonna go, we're gonna go laugh, haha. And they get there like, oh, <laughs> I, I have to I myself. I don't, I don't feel very good, <laughs> right? You know, so right. um, I mean that it it could be, but you know, all of that, even if that is the case, that just proves if it, even more that we all have some healing to do, you know, and some self examining to do when it when we when we're talking about race. And so it, it seems like there are a lot of people doing that. And if not, there are a lot of people making noise, call, bringing attention to the fact that we need to do that and that it is a problem, you know, so. Now, next thing, of course, you know, just briefly, we have the whole men thing going on right now. And, and it was funny, I had, the, I had a panel of men here for my wedding anniversary, and they all agreed that it was time for women. They all said it. It's just time for the women. It's time for women to speak up and speak out. And it's time for the men to get a little hit on. Like, just get a little... Because the power shift was so disproportionate. That's what that's what's coming out. I mean, it happens to be men. Because some women do it, too. We get that. Anybody in power. But a lot of these men were in power. In powerful positions. Yes. And we all, we all know... I've been in business 10 years. We all know it's been going on for a long time. Even I have my own casting couch thing situation. Um, to my past. But, like... It's, I'm so glad it's coming out. Oh, 
I'm so happy. I'll say for you also must be. I'm so excited. I'm yeah. so excited because I'm hoping. My hope. Tell us. Is that, <laughs> I love it. Tell me. <laughs> my hope is, you know, men in a position of power would think twice before taking advantage of someone who is an artist, actor, or whatever, because they know that women aren't afraid to speak out anymore. You know, for so long, it was like, as we see, where all these people speaking out, no one said anything. You're like, oh my God, all right. the way back then? Right. But there was this fear. And so people are becoming more fearless. So, you know, I think, you know, I'm like, well, maybe a, a guy or someone in that position will value their money more than, you know, hitting on someone. And, and what's really sad is that some people turned away from their dreams. You know, it turned them off so much that they didn't even want to pursue <sighs> what they were doing anymore. Right. But I, I'm very happy that uh, this level of exposure is happening. So many things are being exposed these days. I mean, yes. not even that. I'm kind of witnessing all around. It's like this big shift happening. And what was done in the dark is coming to light. Yes. And, um, yes. So I think this is a very exciting time for, for, for women and people that have been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it'll definitely keep people in line moving forward, which is very exciting. You said it perfectly. Well, even when Trump became president, mm-hmm. things that were in the dark that we all kind of knew about and he he to hear about sometimes or just yeah. say anything, it all kind of came out. Yeah. Everything is coming to the surface. Exactly. Which is a good thing. Right, oh, thing. God, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. So who knows what else is coming because that's right. that's light, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's positive. Yeah. You know, it's like light def- uh, defeating darkness, you know? Yes, I like that. I, th- I like it. So you like me. I, I, I try, you know... Some days it's really hard. You get the news or your personal life and you're just like, I just can't get out of bed today. But yes. I'm, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I always try to feel like there's something good has to come out of something. Yeah. It can't just all be bad. Yeah. Like, that's not life. Life, I mean, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm lucky to be here talking to you. I'm happy to be, you know, like, this is all, this is all gravy for me. I have a show. I'm like, this is like gravy for me. Yeah. So I just feel like this stuff is happening around us. It's unearthing something that's going to be really good. I think so. I think so. But it is, you know, walking through it and just being here. We're being bombarded with stuff, I think, more than ever. It's not like, I I can't say that, oh, these things never happened before. Even if there was a lot of things happening as far as, you know, um, murders and all that. I feel like now we're getting it everywhere. You know, it's online, it's on television, it's, you know, on the radio. And like I said, that is food, right? It Mm -hmm. instills some sort of... Without you knowing, you become you begin to walk in the world a little more fearful. Yeah. And um, I, I was questioning. I was like, "What do I, what do I do? How do I release this? Because it's a buildup. Like the 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 Texas shooting. Oh, yeah. I, you know, it took me a, it took me a minute. I'm like, I'm not desensitized, but I'm I'm feeling this, and I'm feel very empathetic, and I, but I got to keep moving because my day is going. Nice, right. And then I just had a moment. I was leaving the gas station, and I got so sad, and I was like. To the, to the point of tears, like, this is actually a lot. And I've been holding it in. I've been trying to just keep going throughout my day so I won't feel affected by it. I'm like, you know, what do I do? How do I how do I deal with this? And I remember I was working on a project years ago with Alfre Woodard, and I called her, and she was watching CNN. I'm like, and at the time, I didn't watch the news. And I was like, okay. how are you just sitting around, like, watching the news? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how, how are you doing yeah, that? How right. are you making it through? Because yeah. at the point back then, I was very still very sensitive to it. And um, she said, well, I said, how do you, what do you do with the negative energy that you get from, from the, the media? And she said, well, you know, I just pray on it and send positive energy towards it. And I was like, okay. But I, I didn't really think of that during yeah, this time. Yeah. But it was like an afterthought. Like, maybe I should really start put, putting that to practice. I know a lot of stuff. Sometimes we know a lot of stuff, and we're not putting it into practice. Yes. Like, you know, meditation. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, know, yeah, all yeah, this, yeah, you, know yeah, you should eat yeah, good. Yeah, Are you really doing it, you know? Yeah, I think so. That's true. So it's like one of those things. So, yeah. But we have to do something to release that. Because those things affect us. You know, it affects how you walk in life. And so... Because it's so much, there has to be some sort of practice that we should implement to to release that stuff. Because it is a weight. I agree, and we're artists, so that's one way we do it. I write poetry and stuff, so mm-hmm. that's one yes. way I get it out. Yes, 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 yes. Creative, you mm-hmm. creative. Okay, so I can talk to you forever. First of all, it's not fair. The show is coming to a close, but oh, first, no! I know I can talk to you. You're, you're lovely. I can talk forever. 
Uh, but I asked my guests the same two questions. Uh-huh. I never prepped them. You guys have watched 96 episodes of the show. I never prepped them in advance. Um, but I'm about language. I'm all about language. Okay. And so my first question to you is, is there a word, and I've updated now to a word or a phrase, in the English language we should not say anymore? Um, that we should not say anymore? Yep. Yep. Take it out of our vocabularies. <laughs> See, and that's, that's what, and that's what people, people, I make them work when you come on the show. That's not, I mean, something, because I believe when you say things, you manifest them and things. Like, there's some things that we should never, I think there's some things we should never say. And I've, ha- I've gotten 90 some answers. So Only one word? It, or a phrase. I okay. said, or a, a phrase, phrase. Or a phrase. A phrase, Jesus. <laughs> That's not possible. Ooh, I like that. I like that because everything's possible. I mean, you can't turn to a toaster, but you can you can drive something oh, to a toaster. True. I become a toaster. You can on some level. You can make you make something. You can get a toaster outfit. Be a toaster. So it's not impossible. Impossible depends on the meaning. Depends on the meaning. So everything's possible. So everything's yeah. possible. Yeah, I feel like I had enough. I mean, like I yeah okay. You only said well, here, well here's well here's the other one. Mm-hmm. What word or phrase should we say more of? Some form of encouragement, like um, mm-hmm. uh, like you can do it, or well, you can do it. You you are you are beautiful. You are powerful. You are lovable. I like that. Um, you are special, and not like the. On the short bus, right? You're special as a person. You're unique. You're unique. I mean, something that speaks life. I feel like what we need to do more of is speak life into each other. I like that positivity into each other because sometimes that's that's all a person needs. You know. I like that. Speak life into each other. I like that's that's Mm -hmm. a great that's a great one right there. Speak life into each other. Yeah. Because we're all that's what that's what it's all about. What we hear, what we receive, affects how we live. Yeah, words are have life. I mean, they live. They they live. Yeah. So, what was the other thing you said you were going to say about the the, the, the phrase or what to take out? You said you had something else you were thinking. Yeah, I would say the N word. I mean, I said it on the on the show. Yeah, I was describing your, something, yeah. but I feel like it has such a negative. It just there's some people that feel very comfortable with it, like you know that's our word, but then it has such a negative um, association with it. So, you know, we perhaps. get that. We get. I get that a lot on the show. Though some people, some people actually will say it. Mm-hmm. Some won't say it. Nigga, nigga. And I, and I, I kind of, I, I think it should be eradicated. Speaking of eradication, I think it should be just done. It's just, a, it's a polarizing word that there really is no positive form of it to me. Yeah. Like, it's like homie. Well, homie's better than saying the other. I mean, saying nigga. It's just, it's just better. Yeah. To me. My homeboy, homie this, my, my buddy, my pot. Yeah. Those are the words to me that, that just don't have the same connotation as where that word yeah. derives from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of agree, agree with that. So what are you, anything you're working on right now? Anything you want to announce? Anything to right now, Suburbicon is out. Yes, Suburbicon yeah, is out. I have an episode. I'm on Shameless this season. Oh, good. Yeah, so excited about that. Oh I don't know when it's airing. And then also, I booked a spot on Fifty Central, Fifty Cent's new show. It's oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's like a sketch comedy variety show. Okay. So I'm playing some pranks on some people. <laughs> so that was actually pretty fun. And I was oh kind of like out of my wheelhouse, but it was actually fun. I was like, oh, I want to come back, you know, <laughs> the, you know, playing jokes on people. Yeah. So that was cool. And then I'm just auditioning now and writing, you know, getting yeah. some of the things that I started writing on in okay. the past, okay. bringing them back around. It's like, okay, it's time to. Move yeah. forward with yeah. these, you know. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever you do. Thank you. Whether whether it's something you create or something you're in, I'm very excited. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're, I, I like to talk to you forever. I and, know. And that camera, tell me where they can find you on social media. Hi. Okay. So I am on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Karima Westbrook. I'm also on Twitter at only the number one Karima. 
And I'm also on Instagram. I feel like an old lady sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm also on Instagram. What's my, what's my Instagram one? Uh, Instagram is only one Karima as well. <laughs> That's so funny. All those Instagrams. Um, those I know. Twitters, those I know. I'm on the Twitter thing. I'm on the Twitter thing. And you can follow us at uh, Black Hollywood Live. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker.com. No, we're on iTunes. We're on, what was it? SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. I'm going to blank all of a sudden. Uh, we are Book Circle. No, I'm Book Circle. the wrong one. Black Hollywood Live on all social platforms. I'm James Lodge Jr. Follow me at James Lodge Jr. Just type my name in anywhere. It pops up. I'm there. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagramming, at King XO Bay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.